for me, I would go into a room full of doctors and they would just pour over what my face looked like. And I would have lots of people putting their hands on my face, talking about everything that was wrong, everything that needed to be corrected. And I dealt with that throughout my childhood. So the impact of that on me was that I definitely felt like I was totally broken. Like there was something wrong with me because the emphasis was on what needed to be fixed. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where God's people can come to be encouraged and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be. And when our flame is burning bright, we can't help but light the flame of others along the way. Don't think that you can make a difference in your little corner of the world. Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hi, and thanks for joining me for today's episode. Today, I have the pleasure of sharing with you an interview I conducted recently with Dr. Kelly Wheeler. Kelly is a Christian author and educator who has navigated the difficult road of facial reconstruction, infertility, and loss, and she discovered the life-changing love of God on her journey of healing. She is the author of the new book, Transformed by Love, Finding Freedom in the Father's Heart. And it's a devotional book of love letters from the Heavenly Father that really inspire a greater discovery of his love and a faith-filled journey toward his promises. Kelly is also a certified health education specialist who holds a PhD in public health and master's of public health from Walden University. She has worked in the field of health education for over 17 years in both the nonprofit and academic sectors, and she's traveled to Haiti, Belize, Guatemala, and Nicaragua sharing the love of Jesus through life-giving health education programs. I know you're going to really enjoy listening to this wonderful, faith-filled, beautiful woman. And now, here is my interview with Dr. Kelly Wheeler. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to One Little Candle. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. This has been a long time coming, and I'm just so excited to be able to share you with my listeners today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, anytime. So I want to let people know how I first, quote unquote, met you. (laughs) And that was one late night on Instagram. I couldn't sleep, and I was just flipping through and I saw you were on live and I thought, Oh, I wonder what this woman's doing. <laughs> so I joined in and needless to say, I did not leave until you were finished. Um, you had me just glued to my phone and what you shared. I mean, by the time you were, you were done, I was like crying and <laughs> very well repentant, convicted, and also very, very encouraged. So I can't thank you enough for this this opportunity. Yeah, I think you were talking about God's scar revision surgery. Totally amazing. Your story just blew me out of the water. I saw myself and just how shallow and ridiculous I had been over certain things in my life and I wasn't very proud of myself at the end, but you, I was like, wow, I love this woman. It's like, I need to contact her and see if we can talk and connect and have her on my podcast, because I know there's a lot of people out there that really need to hear your story. So if you want to go ahead and um, share a little bit about that, um, before we get into the scar revision surgery, I just, I'm one of these people that likes to actually look up the dictionary definition of a word. Mm-hmm. And then do a little comparison. And I looked up the definition of scar. Of course, it says a mark left on the skin or within body tissue from a wound that has not healed completely. And it also says about scars that they take the place of healthy tissues 
They can block important things like blood flow. And we know blood is the essence of life, right? Yes. Um, yeah. And it also talked about scar tissue can cause limited movement and it limits us and takes, again, takes over healthy tissue and just, well, it sounds to me like it's painful and it makes life difficult. So we have the physical scars, but what about the emotional scars, right? Don't they kind of do the same thing? They do. And a lot of times we don't even know they're there. Hmm. And many times we can pray a prayer or we can have a conversation in our lives or have a moment where, you know, the Lord encounters us and then we sort of think it's done. And what is really true about that is that it is a process. You know, with scar revision surgery, the story I was telling was of the huge scar that is on my leg. Mm-hmm. When I was four years old, I, I was born with craniofacial birth defects, or basically bone and soft t- tissue defects on my face and my skull. And one of the issues was my eyelids did not function when I was a child. They drooped. So at four years old, they took muscle from my leg and sewed it basically into my eyelids, like a drawstring effect. Mm. And the doctor, after the surgery, uh, the doctor waited too long to take the sutures out. I was a screaming four-year-old, and he was like, I don't want to mess with this child. <laughs> yeah, it's been there. <laughs> yeah, I think every parent probably has. And so this yep. needed extra time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what happened is my scar from my leg ended up taking up my entire thigh. And it impacted my self-image of my body and my leg. And even to this day, as an adult, it's quite a large scar on my leg. Mm. And with emotional scars, when we experience traumatic life events or we experience something that causes an injury to our heart or a wound, there is a process of healing that occurs. And with scar revision surgery, you can have a physician go in and do a procedure so that that scar is smaller. So you're talking of something that you already had sutures for that already healed, but it wasn't completely ideal in terms of the healing. And then you have a doctor, a surgeon go in and make it smaller. And that is very much what it's like for us when we have an emotional wound in our lives. It is a process. It isn't just a one-time thing. The Holy Spirit can definitely encounter us in that moment where we're praying. But it is a process of opening our hearts to God and allowing him to heal our wounds. Mm-hmm. So that's why I compare it to scar revision surgery is because it's a procedure, if you will, with various steps that the Holy Spirit takes. And a lot of times he's healing us layer by layer in that process. But when it's done... And it doesn't mean that the scar is gone completely, but when it's smaller, you know it because the thing that was festering in your heart no longer impacts you in the way it once did. And it's much smaller and you begin to walk in freedom with the Lord. Now, how did this impact you? I mean, all the surgeries and and everything you went through, what kind of an emotional toll did that take on you? I mean, I know some of it started when you were really little. Right. Yes. Well, first of all, as a child, your your life is out of control to a certain degree because you're a child being raised by adults and you're pretty much doing whatever it is that your parents direct you to do. But in a situation where you were going to multiple doctors and for me, I would go into a room full of doctors and they would just pour over what my face looked like. And I would have lots of people putting their hands on my face, talking about everything that was wrong, everything that needed to be corrected. And I dealt with that throughout my childhood. So the impact of that on me was that I definitely felt like I was totally broken. Like there was something wrong with me because the emphasis was on what needed to be fixed. And I was stared at, and the comments that were made even out in public were mean-spirited comments of what was wrong with me, why did I look that way? And so the impact of it was that my self-esteem was on the floor. 
I didn't know what my identity was like. I didn't know why I was here on the planet. I didn't understand as a child growing up why I would be born this way. I, I wrestled a lot with feelings of, you know, being having a right to exist on the planet and having mm. a sense of purpose and of being a valuable human being. So when we talk about self-esteem issues, it went straight to the core. And from the very beginning of my life, the enemy really sought to attack my identity and my sense of purpose and worth and just being a valuable person to God. And that was why the Lord had to take me on such a deep and quite frankly, a beautiful journey of healing because of those emotional scars and because of the impact they had early on in my life. I, I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think I ever would have thought about that perspective. Like you're talking about the doctors talking about what's wrong with this child and, oh, this needs fixing and, oh, dear. Yeah, I can't imagine what that does to a person's sense of self or worth. Yes, it's it's a big blow to your sense of normalcy. Like, you know, for a typical child, they're like, oh, my nose is like my dad or my mom or mm-hmm. my eyes are a little bit shaped this way like my family over here and you may be insecure about family traits on your body or something like that that you inherited but in my case it went even deeper to that people are looking at me as though there's something very wrong with me and it almost the enemy almost shot a dart at my understanding of my existence how Hmm. can someone be born in life with all of these problems and be valuable and lovable and have purpose. So it was, a, it was a pretty serious attack emotionally on my identity that the enemy did, but that's why the Lord is so beautiful in his healing process. But it was, it was definitely a challenge for me as a child combating all of that experience that I was having with other people with, with my own knowledge early on that the Bible told me otherwise. It was a bit of a battle for me to walk through that and understand that. Yeah. You didn't know at the time how through all this, God was just working and probably just saying, be patient, Kelly. I have wonderful plans for you because of this. And because like you said, Satan really takes advantage of that. And he certainly did with the lies. I was thinking about how you would talk before too, when I first heard you about people saying mean and hurtful things to you and I couldn't help but think of the saying sticks and stones you know that one right from as a kid will break my bones but names will never hurt me how untrue right that saying is that they should throw that one out the window people's (laughs) words stay with us even as an adult I I have a, a good friend who in college this guy called her a cow and she well into her adult years had that perception of herself because of one foolish, thoughtless thing someone had said to her. And you can't get those words out of your head sometimes, um, except when God speaks louder than the lies. And what first brought you to God? When did you start hearing him through the lies? Well, I came to know the Lord early on. I really don't remember a time when I didn't know Jesus. And that Mm -hmm. is a tremendous blessing because the lies of the enemy started from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so at the very least, I was raised in church and I, my mom read the Bible to me growing up uh, during the summers. And so I had a lot of background in scripture and that really helped, you know, but at the same time, when you talk about the words that other people use, it's powerful. You know, Proverbs 18, 21 talks about how the tongue has the power of life and death. Mm, and James talked about it as well and with our speech we can speak blessings and we can speak curses and the interesting part about that is that the enemy speaks curses over our lives and he whispers those things in our heads in our minds but then he can also use the words of others to to continue that in Mm. our of ourselves and I've seen it where it's multi-generational even where one family member believes a lie that the enemy has whispered or someone has told and then it literally from generation to generation 
is passed on and everyone else starts to believe that lie about themselves too. Wow. You know, and I've seen that many times, you know, and that's why healing is so important with the Lord, because a lot of times the enemy starts something in a family and all of a sudden everyone is believing the same lies about themselves and then they're doing it to one another. They're speaking those things over each other and they don't realize those words have power and they are not true. Mm-hmm. So you can have that in families among generations, among family members. You can have that at work. Obviously, you can have that at church, which is a big problem. Yeah. You know, and so the words that we say matter. And that's why it's so important for those of us who are in Christ Jesus to learn to have a reign on our tongues and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us what to say according to the word of God, not just to other people, but over ourselves, that that stuff can be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, and it can. It can. Um, What would you say to someone who can't get out of their heads, though, something that someone said to them or about them? Yeah, it's almost like a record playing in your head. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've literally talked to people where we have a conversation. I hear the lies spoken. I speak the truth according to scripture. And then the same conversation, those lies are repeated later on. So it's it's a powerful thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's ingrained, right? It get, becomes ingrained. Yes. And you literally believe their truth. For example, I thought that I was broken. I thought that I was ugly because people mm-hmm. told me, you know, I was ugly. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I didn't have value, that no one would ever love me, that I would never get married. I mean, it was a long list. And so it, it was really important for me. And this is what God began to do is he began to use scripture to break that. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who has those lies on repeat first thing is to recognize that they're lies and you can't recognize a lie unless you see what the truth is yes the word of god yes is the truth right Mm -hmm. psalm 139 says i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made it -hmm. goes into depth about how god formed us in the womb And it goes into depth about how he knows every hair on our head. He knows everything about us. All our days were numbered and planned before him. He's known us since before the foundation of the earth, if you read it in scripture. And so as you open the Bible, I even think for somebody who doesn't read a Bible often, get a topical Bible. And Mm -hmm. just subject. And -hmm. just start looking at scriptures on that. And then you need to start to not just read it, but begin to memorize those scriptures and not just quote them to yourselves, but begin to believe them by Mm -hmm. faith. That if God's word is true, then that word that is spoken over you is the only truth. So that's that's a training process. That's not something that just happens. It's something that we have to do every day, which is why David said in Psalm 1, he meditates on the word, on the law of the Lord day and night. So he can be a tree planted by water that bears fruit in season and everything he does prospers. I was just reading that today and that's exactly what it's like. You meditate on God's word. You you think on what he says is true. And then you take every lie captive. So when you see that it's true, you have to stop yourself in that thought. You have to learn to go, okay, is what I'm thinking the truth? No. What is the truth? The truth is this. And you have a scripture, which is why you need a new scripture. And then you throw out the lie and you just live according to that truth the rest of your day. You refuse to let that dictate not only what you think about yourself or others, but how you live the rest of your day. So that's a process. But that's what I would say to somebody is get into the Bible and begin to make it your truth in your life. And the Holy Spirit will do that work to help you believe those truths mm-hmm. and begin the lies. Oh, Kelly, that's great wisdom and advice for someone. Yeah. Know the truth, right? That's that's your comparison. That's the lens that you want to see everything through is the truth of God's word. And you're right. You're, how are you going to know a lie? 
how are you going to cast it down unless you have the truth to compare it to? Exactly. And obviously, nothing we go through is meaningless, right? God always has an important purpose for it. I mean, look at you. (laughs) I see your heart, and I think to myself, wow, God has done so much in her life. What God and, and is doing, um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful that you are out there on Instagram and you're doing what you're doing. I mean, I see your late night prayers for people and, um, that is a heart for others and a heart for God for sure. And thank you so very much for that, Kelly. The world needs this right now more than ever. The world is very broken. See, the enemy is just deceiving people right and left about who they are, where they're headed, what their purpose is. You know, each of us, this is what is really important. Each of us has our own journey mm-hmm. and our own life experiences and our own pain. Mm-hmm. And my pain may look different than someone else's, but I have learned pain is pain. Mm-hmm. And it can either take you down a path of destruction or it can lead you deep into the love of Jesus and it can serve to create this beauty in your life. Like Romans 8, 28 talks about God works things all for good for those who love him. Mm-hmm. So when you surrender your life to him, he will take the bad and he will bring beauty out of those ashes but if you go into verse 29, it talks about, so we become uh, made in his likeness into his image. And so, yeah, no, I think that each of us is walking the road that we're walking. Some of mm-hmm. them are own choices. Some of them are, in many cases, trial by fire, or things the enemy has thrown at us, and yeah. the Lord is using it for our good and his glory. Mm-hmm. But if we will take those circumstances and surrender them to Jesus, then there's an infinite amount of beauty and promise that can come from that. You know, there's a rainbow after a massive storm, you know? Mm -hmm. So if we can just yield ourselves to the Lord in that process, God will use each one of us with whomever needs to hear that particular message, because we all have different messages to share and different experiences that reach different people. And that's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. So, but thank you for your words. I appreciate that. My heart is just for people to become free and to know the love of Jesus. And so we're all just vessels doing that, aren't we? Absolutely. And I think it's the trials and difficulties that soften our hearts. Yes. You know, um, yeah, for sure. You had um, talked about pain. And I remember you talking about holding on to our pain like a badge. (laughs) Yes. What does, what does it look like? When, what did you mean by holding onto our pain like a badge? You know, a lot <laughs> of us have this perception and the world actually gives this to us that we're super strong, mm-hmm. empowered people that just, you know, are able to just accomplish anything. And I really, I really think that's a lie because for me in my life, the pain that I've experienced from medical trauma and the other circumstances of my life nearly took me out emotionally and psychologically. Mm. And what I mean by that is that for many years of my life, I thought I had to be brave. And, you know, maybe some of that is because as a small child, people were like, you're so brave, Kelly. And they Mm. told the child that you're being so brave when you're going through surgeries and they're, giving you needles right and left for blood work and medications and IVs. And so from early on, I thought I just need to be brave. But what it did was it made me kind of proud of being brave. But in reality, I was going through this cycle that was really an unhealthy cycle emotionally. So I have like these badges on my wall of bravery and I was thinking I'm strong, But what would happen to me is if I went through something difficult, I would be strong for a time on my own strength. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about me trying to do it. 
and just shove down what I was experiencing emotionally. And then I would get to the point where it couldn't be strong anymore. And I would literally emotionally crater. And I would curl up in a ball in my bed and I would cry and I would think my life is never going to get better. And it would just be this spiral downward in my thoughts and in my feelings and in my view of my life. And then I would get up and I'd be like, okay, I'm strong, I'm brave, and I would do it all again. And there was no (laughs) real peace. There was no real freedom. There was no real power through the Holy Spirit to walk through circumstances with peace, with confidence, with dependency on God, and with victory. So I exchanged the badge for complete dependency on the Lord, and he began to totally rearrange my thoughts and how I walked through my circumstances so I could get out of that cycle and become much more victorious in dealing with the difficult circumstances in life. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now. And yeah, I think we're all guilty of that in some way, shape or form too, right? God's like, no, turn your badge in, (laughs) you know, for sure. Um, You had mentioned two principles that apply to all of us, no matter what our circumstances are. And what are those two principles? Well, those principles are to love God and to love others. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, the disciples asked Jesus, what were the greatest commandments? He also got asked by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders. You see it multiple times in scripture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was used as a trick, but and sometimes people legitimately wanted to know, but Jesus said to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That that summed up the law and the prophets. And oftentimes we talk about purpose in life. And because I also went through infertility, and I thought early on that I lost my purpose if I wasn't a mother, I wrestled with the question of purpose at a deeper level, not just from my existence on the planet, but also in not being a mother and working those things out in terms of who am I and what am I doing? And we see this everywhere. How popular is it to talk about purpose? We have gifts that the Lord has given each one of us. But the purpose, I believe, is the same. It's just how it's manifested that changes from person to person. Mm-hmm. We have different roles. And so when Jesus was saying to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, he's saying that is your first purpose in life. We get that backwards a lot, and especially <laughs> in the church. I am not spending time with the Lord, if I am not meditating on who he is, if I'm not walking in a love relationship with Jesus and serving him first and making him the most important thing in my life, I'm failing in all the rest of it. But that is actually all, for all of us, that is our number one purpose in life is to Mm -hmm. know Jesus and for him to love us back for us to have that relationship. And secondly, out of that love, to show Christ's love to other people in the same way that the Lord wants us to love ourselves. And then God gives us those gifts, as I mentioned, and we have different roles in which those gifts are manifested in our lives. And that becomes a really beautiful thing where you've got, like Jesus talked about the body of Christ, the arm and the leg and the finger and the nose, and we all do these different things, but we're all loving God with everything in us, and we're all loving our neighbor and sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm meaning by those principles. It is just simply from Matthew 22 and other places in scripture of just understanding the importance of loving Jesus with everything in you, and then letting that emanate in how you interact and share his love with other people. Mm, well said well spoken um and you're right i think we i've I've been guilty of it you spend too much time doing for god and you leave out the being with god part you neglect that and you can't be doing for god in the right manner if you're not with god if you're not filled with god 
And it's so easy to fall into that trap. It just is. Yeah. I think as humans, we want to feel valuable mm-hmm. and worthy. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around grace. And so because of that, even in our love for Jesus, sometimes we're like wanting to do all these things for the Lord, but it becomes almost like slavery and a checklist as opposed to it just being a natural flow from our relationship. And that also goes to the point of that we're not supposed to do everything under the sun. We're supposed to actually follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in how we spend our time. And of course, how can you give if you're not getting filled up first? Mm-hmm. You're running on empty, trying to share something about the love of Jesus when you don't even understand it yourself because you're not <laughs> the Holy Spirit to pour into you his love. Yes, yes. Love. Yeah, and you're missing out on his promptings. Yes. Um, when you're so, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're not, and you're stressed out, mm-hmm. and you're driving, trying yes. to in the natural when in fact the holy spirit if we just take the time and i mean throughout our day when we're washing dishes when we're in our cars when we're reading our bible when i'm going for a walk outside just talking to the lord and saying father i love you and i just want to be filled with your love will you fill me with your love today and i just feel him fill me up with it and i feel him I experience his peace at such a deeper level. And then it's easy to do the things that he's asking me to do. It's just a different place to live out our purpose. Like we're Mm -hmm. talking about out of that love relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So someone's listening here and they've got a lot of painful scars Mm -hmm. from trauma, hurts, disappointments, And they're struggling with a lot of lies swirling around in their head. And they just, they feel overwhelmed even to maybe paralyzed, you know what I mean? To even move forward. What would you say would be the first, perhaps small step, one small step that someone could take toward freedom from the lies? I think that the Psalms are a beautiful place to read about who God is and who we are as his children. And I think that for me, for example, when I went through an auto accident and somebody passed away and I was dealing with a lot of issues related to that, I got alone by myself and I found some song that ministered to my heart, praise and worship. And I just kind of sat there with the Lord and I asked him first to start to soften the pain that he would minister to my heart. And then I would begin to read the Psalms and I would read Psalm 34, 17, that he's close to the brokenhearted and mm-hmm. saves us for a Christian spirit, for example. And I would know I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so that combated that lie right away. And I would, sometimes you just keep it very simple. Whatever, sometimes with the Bible, I say, read until something jumps out at you and then focus on that and just think on it and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that in your life. So for me, the worship music helps me to kind of calm the emotional part of it. You know, if I'm feeling anxiety or pain and it allows me to sort of start to experience the presence of God and his ministering Holy Spirit. And then that opens me up to be able to start to read his truth and think about that. And then I just think about that for that day. And I may do it over and over again if I'm in a period where I'm dealing with a lot of pain. But it's really very simple. And the Holy Spirit desires to help you stop those thoughts and those lies. And he wants to minister to your heart and take that pain and replace it with peace. And that's also why as we are spending that moment with him and we're listening to worship music and we're reading a scripture that ministers to us to sometimes I physically will hold my hands up and say, God, I give you my pain. I surrender it. Inevitably I feel peace. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know the Holy Spirit ministers to you in a very sweet way in that process. He does. And I'm just thinking as you're talking about worship, I don't know if you've ever gone through this 
I have had seasons where I found myself, I'm in the word and I'm, you know, in the radio, I'm listening to all kinds of sermons and teachings and all these things. And I've gotten into this pattern of doing those things. But it's like, when's the last time you just spent time in worship? Yeah. Yeah. I remember going through that once and saying, wow, like I need to just set aside time just for worship, just for putting on the song, just for being on my knees, just for raising my hands. And and what a difference it made in my heart. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this, this is a necessary component that I was neglecting is that alone time worship with God. Yes. You know, that's so key. And I, and I think, People do it in church, but it's it's a way of being for me. I mm-hmm. often find that if I've experienced emotional pain or I'm struggling with anxiety or some issues really bothering me, I immediately know what songs that I personally love, mm-hmm. and I'll just start playing them. And sometimes what that does is it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere internally in your heart and in your mm-hmm. spirit. And it changes the atmosphere of where you are, too. If you're at home or in your car or whatever, it's like it allows the atmosphere to become saturated with of God. Yes. And sometimes we're too clouded to get to the scripture. Yes. Too much. And there have been times where I have had such hard things going on in my life where I literally went to sleep with worship music. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. To my heart. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I found out just how necessary that was and I was missing it. And I think it instills an attitude of gratitude Mm -hmm. as well. And the Psalms are a form of worship too. I mean, you can worship by reading the Psalms. Those are wonderful for worship. And I'm thinking of your devotional that you have, your love letters, I I call them, um, are absolutely beautiful. I found myself reading it and just sitting there with this big grin on my face. As, as I was reading it, um, because it really, I think, is the way God feels about us and, and talks to us. We may not yeah. be hearing him talk to us that way, but I think your devotional really kind of puts that out there. I don't think we grasp how much God loves us. And it's that it's just a reminder of the way you presented it, that he really does. He really, really does. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think a lot of times we hear through the filter again of what people have said. Mm-hmm. Or we we look at the Lord through the lens of how we experienced earthly fathers, grandfathers, uncles, mm-hmm. you know, men in our mm-hmm. lives or whatever because that it's hard for us to fathom that level of unconditional love. Yeah, but I, but I think if you read the word, if you read the Psalms, it's like David just amazes me because he, he completely understood how deeply loved he was by the Lord. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think it's so important for us to begin to hear the Lord through that filter of how he speaks in his word. I feel like when he speaks to me, it feels like a psalm. <laughs> a yeah. little, my own yeah. song, Father, the, the Heavenly Father is speaking to me. You know, and I, that emanates in my heart and in my life. And that ends up being how I speak to other people, too. Because when you understand and you start to let God teach you what love looks like, according to him, you then are able to, to share that and show mm-hmm. that to the people around you. But yeah, Yes. As the saying goes, you can't give what you don't have, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So what would be a final word of encouragement that you could leave our listeners with? I want to encourage people to not hold back from the Lord. Hmm. A lot of us have had injuries in our lives. Maybe a lot of us have dealt with moments of frustration and anger about circumstances. And a lot of times our earthly experiences cause us to pull back and to put a wall up with God. And the Lord is on a mission to win your heart. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he went to the cross. He was beaten beyond recognition. He was bruised. 
He was bloody. And he did it so you would never have to. There is no greater love than that level of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So we could be reconciled. See, he wanted us to be restored like Adam and Eve were in the beginning in the garden, to walk with him in the cool of the day and be in fellowship. And because of our sin, that caused separation. But what he did of dying on that cross and being resurrected and paying the price for our, he took our punishment He did that so we could be reconciled to him and there would be no separation and we could experience true, unfailing, unconditional love. Mm -hmm. We have to receive it. We have to open our hearts to God. And it it isn't just one prayer. It's daily. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I surrender to you today. I open my heart to you and I allow you to go deep. I allow you to pour your love into me and I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to hold back when you're trying to teach me what love looks like, when you're trying to teach me the way in which I should go, when you're trying to show me what needs to go in my life so I can honor you. I'm going to open myself to you and allow you to do everything you want to do so I can look just like you, so I can look just like my heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I actually grab a hold of God's promises because they're sitting there waiting. But if we don't open our hearts to Jesus and continue to do that every day, we'll never lay hold of the goodness of God. And so I want to encourage people to open their heart to the Lord. And if you don't know, to go on that journey and let him show you how much he loves you and to show you what it looks like to be free. Mm-hmm. And full of joy and peace, and to live life from a place of victory. Amen. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and you know, you're talking about God's love for us and how He wants that relationship. And this is God is someone who is all in all, and He's sufficient in Himself. He doesn't need us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Yeah. You know how we're always in relationships. Oh, I need you. You complete me, right? God, God doesn't need us. He's fine all on his own, all by himself. He is, he's everything. He's all encompassing, but he wants us. (laughs) That's what really gets me. He wants us in spite of so many things. He still wants us. And he has gone through all ends of the earth, so to speak, to bring us to him. Yes. You know, what an amazing God we serve. (laughs) Amen. There's no one like him. There really isn't. There really isn't. He is a good God, no matter what. He's a good God. So I mentioned a little bit about your devotional book. Why don't you, I'd like you to share a little bit about that too. And also let our listeners know where they can find you. Sure. So the Lord interrupted my life as we've talked about wearing pain like a badge. And we talked about the cycle that I went through of trying to be strong, trying to be brave, and then falling apart and getting up and doing it again. Mm-hmm. The Lord interrupted my life. I teach students in public health for several universities. And a couple of years ago, I was going through just brutal life circumstances that honestly are still continuing today. Mm. But in that moment of time, I was so jaded and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart in a still small voice. And he said, you know nothing about my love. I want you to sit down and have some conversations with me and I'm going to teach you. And I want you to share these conversations with other people. So the devotional were 40 different conversations I had with the Lord where he spoke to my heart in a still small voice and took me from a place of being jaded and disappointed in life and negative and my thought my thoughts about myself and my life were so far off from what scripture taught to him pouring his love into me in those conversations and teaching me what love looks like and what his promises are. So it was the beginning of shifting me from walking in brokenness to walking in newness of life. 
So if you read those, there's a lot of imagery about nature, about mountains and valleys, mm -hmm. and about walking with the Lord on the beach, because I'm a nature lover, and that's how he speaks to me. He speaks to me in very affectionate language when he's whispering to my heart. And so it's a very loving devotional, and they are like love letters. They really are love letters from the Heavenly Father's heart to you and to me. And so there are scriptures that are also at the bottom of each entry, and there's a section for you to write in, and there are prompts asking you to respond to the Holy Spirit on a particular subject. And so it's a really beautiful devotional for anybody who's been struggling and to experience God's love or who's been disappointed and wants to reconnect with the with the Heavenly Father in a way that will bring joy and peace and promise into their lives. You can get a free copy actually of the ebook on my website, which is www.lowercasedrkellywheeler.com. And you can also, there's a link on there to go to Book Baby, which is the bookshop, where you can purchase a print copy and you can purchase an ebook from there as well. I'm also on social media. I'm on Instagram at lowercase Dr. Kelly Wheeler. And my name is spelled K-E-L-L-Y, last name W-H-E-E-L-E-R. So on Instagram, it's at Dr. Kelly Wheeler, all lowercase. And then on Facebook, I have a business page, Dr. Kelly Wheeler as well. I believe it's uppercase in, in that case. And I'm also on LinkedIn as well. You can find me on LinkedIn too. And I have a YouTube channel as well, which is also Dr. Kelly Wheeler. And you can find me there, too. And I share lots of encouragement videos on YouTube. I want to encourage anybody who needs encouragement to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I would, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've received a hefty dose of encouragement from you. You are very inspiring and very encouraging. So, yeah, please follow Kelly. And I'm mostly on Instagram. That is my go-to. And um, you definitely have a presence on there. And again, uh, the things you shared, I, I can't thank you enough for your heart. Um, you. So thank you for coming on today and taking the time to chat with me and share with our listeners a little bit about your story. Um, there's a lot more to learn about you. Again, the devotional, I can't say enough good about it. Thank, thank you so much, Kelly. My pleasure. It's been a joy to speak with you and your listeners. Thank you. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And again, that was Dr. Kelly Wheeler, author of Transformed by Love, Finding Freedom in the Father's Heart, and also just an all-around wonderful, beautiful soul. I hope you enjoyed hearing and learning from her as much as I did. I would really encourage you to follow her on Instagram. She is such an inspiration, such um, a light in the darkness that we all need, especially when it comes to being reminded of just how much God loves us, just what a loving God it is that we serve, that we oftentimes, I think, in our own um, disappointments and hurts and failures and insecurities that love we we just seem to reject or push away. We don't know how to completely and fully embrace it. But Kelly definitely helps to cut down those barriers to God's love. If you'd like to comment on today's episode, you can comment on Candles Together. It's a free Facebook group. And please follow One Little Candle on Instagram. It's One Little Candle Podcast. And you can also reach me at www.onelittlecandlepodcast.com. There's also an embeddable player on there. And you can just hop on there and listen to the podcast from there if you like. No need to have to download any apps or anything. So song for the week. Obviously, I'm going to share with you a song about God's love, right? So the first song is by David Crowder, and it's called How He Loves Us. And the second song is How Great Is Your Love by Passion. And the links to both of these will be on my website and in the podcast description. Next week's episode is going to continue in the theme of God's love. I have an episode called Two Words That Break the Chains of Bondage and Set Us Free. And I won't tell you what those two words are 
but they're found over and over again in the Bible. And I did an in-depth word study on those two words. And let me tell you, what I came away with afterward was powerful and it was life-changing for me and really helped me escape the bondage I was in that I didn't even know I was in. And I really hope that you'll join me next week for that because it is going to encourage you and empower you to break any chains of bondage that you have, especially if you're someone who carries guilt. If you carry around a lot of guilt and regret, this episode is definitely going to be for you. So please come back, join me next week for two words that break the chains of bondage and set us free. So how can you be that one little candle, right? Always leave it with, with a way to, to apply this today. Be that one little candle. Be that light in the darkness by cutting yourself some slack this week. That's exactly what I'm going to say to you. Cut yourself some slack. Begin to pray about being able to embrace the love of God completely and fully. Because in order to really shine our lights, we need to be operating in the love of Christ, right? And if we don't feel loved by God, or if we're not fully accepting God's love and really taking it in, we can't fully give it back, right? We can't give it to others. We can't give what we don't have. So I just want you to work on that this week. I want you to pray about it. I want you to listen to Kelly's interview again. Um, get her book, oh, get that book. And I will also have the links to, you know, where you can find Kelly and um, download her, her ebook as well, Transformed by Love. So until next week, may God bless you and keep you. And may you feel his peace and his love in your own life. 